guys, today I'm going to read chapter 4 of the Detectives and Togas. So here I go. Assaulted? The boys echoed. Who did it? Julius wanted to know. Did they want to kill you? Antonius burst out enthusiastically. Quiet, please, Chantipus croaked. He was still hoarse. I don't know who the criminal was. I was in bed, sound asleep. In the middle of the night, I was awakened by the sound of someone moving about next door in the classroom. Who, who's there? I called, but there was no answer. I jumped out of bed and went to see what was the matter. That was foolish of me. I should, for I should first have struck a light. So it was, um, for it was pitch dark. Suddenly, a pair of arms seized me. Seized me. I tried to grip, to grip the young cone. The the young cone, my by the throat, but he was stronger than I and threw me to the floor. As I tried to get my feet, I received a severe blow on the head and lost all consciousness. Boy, oh boy, Antonius breathed. Chantipus threw him a stern look and continued. When I came to, I was sitting in the wardrobe, bond and gagged. I heard the burglar rummaging among my things for a long time as though he were desperately looking for something in particular. Finally, finally, he went away and all was quiet. It seemed ages before I heard you boys arrive, but I could not call you because of the cloth over my mouth. I, if you had not freed me soon, I would certainly have suffocated in, the, in that wardrobe. Anxiously, he touched the lump on his head again and felt his injured leg groaning. The whole affair is a mystery to me, he said. Who would want to steal anything from me? Perhaps a thief? ventured Julius. I'm not rich like Croesus. Besides, what money I, I have, I keep in the bank. Still, you ever know. Clean up all these mess, all this mess, boys. Then we shall see whether anything is missing. The boys plunged into a flurry of activity. They picked up the furniture and books, dragged tables and chairs and chests back to their proper places. From his bed, Chantipus directed the work. As they arranged each book, file, or picture, they had to call out what it was, and Chantipus scatter, scatter, scratched notes with a stylus on a writing tablet. Finally, they gathered up, a up the scattered writing tablets and returned them to the chest which the burglar had turned upside down. When all was restored to order, Shantabu sat staring thoughtfully at his list. 
At last, he announced with astonishment that several mathematical test books, a few unimportant pictures, were, and a few un unimportant pictures were missing. Odd,、ah, he said, shaking his head. These things would have no value at all to a stranger. And with a sigh, he added, "But for me, they are." They are severe. They are a severe loss. My good old Pythagoras is gone, and the second roll includes mathematical writings and my own mental work on the acute angles of obtuse triangles. His voice faded, and he. he Looked at his pupils with eyes full of distress. Antonia seemed to understand his sorrow, and May offered consolation. The burglar who did this may be studying mathematics and doesn't have any, the money to buy books. He heard that you were a famous mathematician, and so he came here and hit you on the head. But Chantipas told him to be quiet, and Publius knew. I never heard of the burglar, burglar, studying mathematics. Flavius had something in his mind. Shall we call the police? He asked timidly. Chantipas would not hear that. Keep the police out of this, please. I know these boys. I know those boys. Just let one of those fellows stick his nose in here, and I'll really be in trouble. I know how they work. Questions and more questions till I'm worn thin as a sheet of papyrus. They'll poke around among my things all day long, turn everything topsy turvy, and. Find all kinds of clues. Only they won't find the thief. Yes, they're awful dumb. Antonius chimed in. I once asked the policeman at the forum how late it was. He stared blankly at the big stone mule back of the roostum, and finally said, "I don't know." It was raining. You see, you talk too much. Their teacher commented, "Your tongue will be your undoing one of these days." Alarmed, Antonius squinted at the tip of his tongue. "You may go now," said Shantipas. Said the recent experiments had not sweetened his temper. Still, he he felt it proper. To add, I am thankful to you coming to my rescue. We only did our duty, Musius said modestly, and Antonius, not in the least abashed by his teacher's sharp words about his tongue, but in an innocent, innocently, we didn't know you were in the wardrobe. We thought you had been changed into a pig, the way Odysseus's men were by the beautiful enchantress Circe.
Chantipa glared blankly at him. All right, get to your seats, Lucius ordered, and starting and started driving his friends out of the room. But Chantipus had other ideas. There will be no school today. You may go home. N you need no come tomorrow either. I shall give the class a few days vacation. I must stay in bed until my leg is better. I shall send word when the school starts again. The boys whooped with joy at the unexpected vacation, but Lucius suddenly became grave. Hesitantly, he asked, "Then, then you will not be going to see Rufus' mother today?" Chantipus, who who was now standing in one leg and and straining out his bedclothes, provided around. See whom? He asked Ben of Bensonly. Rufus' mother. You are going to see her today because of what Rufus did. Lucius paused and looked distressed. Antipas cleared his throat. Oh yes. Hmm. He murmured. Wait a moment. Growing, groaning, he crawled back into bed, pulled up the covers, and lay back on the pillows, sighing with relief. For a while, he stroked his beard. Reef. Reflectively, then he said, "I had no real intention of going to see his mother. My my idea was to give Rufus a good scare and teach him a lesson. Then Rufus can come back to school after the vacation." Lucius asked happily. "He may," Shantipus replied graciously. "Um." On the whole, he is not a bad pupil. I wouldn't want to make him mis miserable because of a single part prank. I know that it means a, to a young Roman to be a pupil in the Shenta school. I hope you know it too. Oh yes, the boy cried sincerely. They. They really were proud of their school. Shantipas nodded with satisfaction, but suddenly turned to turned stern. He barked, "But woe bestie you if I ever again see such bad conduct and unspeakable lack of discipline at yesterday's. If I ever do, you will all be expelled." And now out with you. This holiday is a gift of the gods, Julius said, when when they were out of on the street. He rubbed his hands in glee. We have to celebrate. Let's play cops and robbers until he suggested. I'm the robber, and you can be the policeman, or we'll play of war. I'm the Roman, and you're. And you're barbarians. We can play with chariot racing too. I'm the driver, and you're the horses. You'll be a jackass, and we're going to tan your your hide. Publius joked. I have a better idea. Let's go down to the Tiber, 
A big Egyptian galley has moored at the cattle market. We can sneak on the board and have a good look. That's dangerous, Fabius warned them. If the sailors catch us, they'll give us a beating. Let's play ball on the field and watch. No, I have another idea, Julius said. A shipment of wild animals has come at in at Tarus and Theater. We can watch them being taken into taken to their cages. Marvelous, Antonius agreed. There'll be elephants and lions and dra and dragons. Come on! He was about to start off to run, but Musius held them back. We must go to see Rufus first, he said. Why, the others wailed in disappointment, to tell him that Chantipus has called the whole thing off. Poor Rufus thinks he has been expelled. He, he expects Chantipus to come and see his mother. We can't leave him to worry all day long. What? That would be a mean trick. You're right, Julius said, and we can, and he can come with us. They raced down Broad Street, past the capital, to the Forum. The sun had not risen yet, but a few clouds in the sky were flushed with pink, and the eastern horizon was quite bright. The Forum Romanium, which was which would be swarming with people later, was still almost empty. Only an, only the irritable pigeons were up and about, circling the huge flocks over the square, and a few slaves were shopping baskets were baskets were passing through on their way to the nearby markets or returning with similar baskets heavily laden. The, bo the boys crossed the forum, turned into a narrow, dirty alley, and then climbed a steep stone staircase, which led to the palatio of the Esquiline Hill. They were panting by the time they reached to the top. Now they were in the Minerva Square. From here, it, it was only a short distance to Rufus' home. Minerva Square was quiet, open space surrounded by an extensive pine woods were wealthy, wealthy patrons and their mansions. In the center of the square stood a temple of Minerva, a plain whitewashed building whose only impress, impressive feature was the columns at the entrance, the three broad marble steps. But the little temple was very sacred because it was dedicated to the emperor. Oppose, opposite the temple, in a shade of tall cypress, was the home of Senator Eusius, Caius' father. I wish I I wish I knew why Caius didn't come to school today, Fabia said, staring at his house. He'll say he had an upset stomach, Fabius Prozor 
crucified. Shall we tell him we, that there won't be any school for a while? Julius asked. No, Musius decided fiercely. Let him wait. Give him time to do his homework. It's it won't harm him. It won't harm him. Come along. They hurried on past the house. Just as they reached the temple of the sun rose, bathing, bathing them in golden light, Publius stopped suddenly. By all the good gods, he said in a quiet horror, pointing at the temple. On the whitewashed wall, angrily scrawled in blood-red paint were the words, Caius is a dumbbell. So that was chapter four. Bye guys, see you later. See you later, see you later, see you later. Bye guys. Bye.